Hi, I'm Marcus, and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon. You can too by visiting patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners, to this episode 101 of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. <laughs> I am John. Joining me as always is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, Mo is here. Hey, everybody. In this episode, we review the raunchy action comedy film starring Sam Jackson, Ryan Reynolds, and Selma Hayek, discuss what's coming next for the world's most popular desktop operating system, and return to Bright Falls for a replay of Remedy's psychological action thriller, Alan Wake. That is an oldie but a goodie, and I, I saw mm-hmm. you playing the other day on Discord, George, and playing through some Alan Wake, and you gave me the bug. I can't wait to hear what you thought of it going through again. <laughs> well, I haven't gone all the way through it. It's a, no, it's yeah. a large game. Oh, it's it's, not, big, it yeah. is. it's yeah, something it is. that yeah. just yeah. happens Digging into that again. Yeah. Uh, before we get into any of those cool topics, though, it's time for some fourth listener email, one of our favorite parts of the show. And the fourth listener email this time is longtime listener, Patreon patron, and my beloved daughter, Dana, wrote into the show. <laughs> uh, Dana writes in with a subject line, to George. Hmm. Okay. Uh-oh. Suspicious. I mean, this is... <laughs> I know your daughter. We've known each other for years. There's, I don't know why she writing to me. I don't, this is now I'm starting to get nervous. Am I going to get yeah, like a father beat down? Why be- is my daughter writing to you? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no father beat down. In fact, I encourage and endorse her email to you. So let's see what she had to okay, say. Okay, well now I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, you know you're in trouble, man. <laughs> uh, Dana says, hey, Gen X grown up. First of all, congratulations on your 100th episode. You guys always have such positive energy that it makes every episode enjoyable, regardless of the topic at hand. Always a pleasure to listen to you guys riff off of one another. Cool. Okay. However, I do have a complaint to file with last week's episode. Hold on. Stop right there. So Mm -hmm. the title of the damn email is to George and the subsequent line that you decide to pause on is, however, I have a complaint (laughs) to file about last week's episode. (laughs) I got a feeling I know where this is going. Yeah. Yeah. It's no accident. I assure you. I'm with you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So she says, while discussing the new Conjuring movie, Mm -mm. George seemed to have a very strict opinion on what makes a horror movie genuinely scary. I had the strict opinion. She Mother. says, yeah. Listen, yeah. listen to her email. Listen to her email. Let's hear him out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Mo says, let's hear her out because it's not about him. <laughs> it doesn't say to Mo. He doesn't yeah. care. <laughs> hey, I had my turn. Good. She says, jump scares. Really? I absolutely agree with John that the movie was a thriller at best. These sorts of scares make for a tacky, repetitive tactic and just don't hold up with this era of horror movies. You must still be stuck in the 70s and 80s <laughs> slasher style films like Halloween or Friday the 13th. Huh? Oh, we, I, I, if that's the end of the email, I got some shit to say. Well, not quite. We're oh, almost no, there. We're done. almost there. Oh, oh my Lord. God. She actually, she has a proposal for you. Hang oh. on. Here she goes. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. got a proposal. <laughs> it eats my daughter. Easy now. <laughs> she says, horror is evolving, George. I think we need to update you. Here's my proposal. What the f- no This October, Gen X Grown Up talks about what separates a fleshed out horror film from a B-grade heart pounder. You've got 13 weeks to brush up on the classics versus the new gen horror movies of the past two decades. Come Halloween, we'll have a proper debate to set the record straight. Ooh. Let me know if you need any recommendations. Until then, <laughs> George, love Dana. <laughs> love there's Dana. no love Dana. That's bullshit. I know there's no love Dana. <laughs> I thought she was saying, oh yeah, she put a little heart over the... You know, the <laughs> nah. No, 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 no dotting eyes with heart. That's, that's not so Dana. So big surprise that John's daughter parrots his fucking opinion almost verbatim. <laughs> that's, that's, that's He's not been what grooming happened. her down this misguided <laughs> horror opinion path for the last... She is a young, independent young lady she who is knows not her horror She films. is absolutely oh. just parroting your opinion <laughs> here. Oh, mm, my God. Mm, mm. So what do you think about this idea of having some kind of a debate about horror films, huh? We absolutely could have a debate about horror films because there is plenty wrong with both yours and her opinions on horror mm, films, and I would happily mm, discuss mm, that and mm, get mm, proof mm. of that and beat you to death in a debate episode. However, your daughter's not the only one who wrote in about that episode. (laughs) (laughs) 
You sounded mighty cocky there. Oh, there's somebody <laughs> Do tell. out there in the Gen X grown up universe that decided to also write in and had an opinion oh, about a two this letter episode. show. Wow. It is. So okay. I'm going to read my own email because it seems unfair that John got to pick the email that was from his daughter <laughs> about the opinions of this movie. Well, it was pertinent. Come on. Yeah, sure it was. Here we go. This one is from Marcus. Okay. Who ah, has now okay. become my favorite fourth listener. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I think we know where this is going. Subject says, damn it, John. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not part of this. <laughs> he starts off 100 episodes. Congratulations. The media section really needs a spoiler warning, though. I don't mind spoilers, but other people might be very put off by not being warned. Fair That's enough. That's fair. Okay. We do mm-hmm. need to start yep. doing some spoiler warnings because sometimes we've watched it and we assume everybody else has, but yeah. we could definitely start doing that. Will do. Good suggestion. He goes on and says, damn it, John, you're going to make me type this damn thing. George is right. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. He oh did not want to type that. I know, Marcus. He absolutely didn't yeah. want to type that. Yeah, he probably had to get yeah. like someone else to type it for him. But John made him <laughs> type it. He goes on, a horror movie without some jump scares is a scary story for kids that you want to make sure don't leave their tents in the middle of the night. In other words, without jump mm. scares, it's a watered down story, which is exactly the same point that Dana was trying to make about Mm -hmm. jump scares watering it down. This is from the opposite point of view and the correct point of view, I might add. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Some jump scare counts to ponder. What? Since you love The Conjuring so much, John, The Conjuring had 12 jump scares. The Conjuring 2, 22 jump scares, ladies and gentlemen. You love that movie as well. I know you called it a horror movie because it was one of the ones you recommended me. The third movie, The Conjuring Devil Made Me Do It, which we're talking about right now, 12 jump scares. And he finishes it off, George's real favorite Marcus (laughs) (laughs) well it sounds like Marcus did some googling I'm sure he didn't go through with a with with a notepad counting jump scares in these things there's probably a website that counts jump scares in horror movies I'm sure there is I'm sure there is jumpscares.com no doubt right (laughs) okay well sounds like we got a plan to solve this well, we, yeah, we do. We have, you know, Dana suggested us doing a debate episode. I think we should do a debate episode. And John, I'm thinking we need to have both Dana and Marcus on as judges, oh, possibly. That's exactly oh. what needs to happen, right? Mm-hmm. You, you got both sides represented. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Both Marcus and the correct side are both willing to <laughs> appear. <laughs> we will need a third impartial party. I'll tell you what, I can find a third party impartial person. You can find one. Mm. I will find oh, okay. a third party impartial partial right. person to vote on this. Oh, uh, all right. Actually, I'll find somebody who doesn't like horror movies. Actually, I know just the person. Oh, do oh. you? Yes. That could be good. And probably has not seen any of these movies. Would this be somebody we haven't really paid that much? Exactly <laughs> that person, yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sounds like we're formulating a plan. Yes. I'm good with that one. Something's cooking. Yeah. All right. So come October time, <laughs> we are going to have to dive further into this. We're going to have to bring in the affected parties, bring in some <laughs> impartial third parties, and try to settle this once and for all. Yeah, oh, it's going to be scary. In the meantime, you got to rewatch some Conjuring. Right. You got <laughs> to count, count jump scares. scares. <laughs> we got to check Marcus's math, I think, before we get in. <laughs> all right. We're going to let that simmer and uh, get ready come October time. We're going to get back into this. I want to thank both of you, both Dana and Marcus, for writing into the show. We love it every time one of our fourth listeners writes in. If you would like your email featured here on the show, it's super easy. Just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every single one, and most of them, like Dana, and Marcus's make the show. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's set aside our horror movie disagreements for the time being and jump into the meat of episode 101 right after this. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. 
You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show, too. It helps more than you know. Mrs. Baruby's posing with her daughters in their favorite clothes. Except you got them dirty. Even gravy and blueberry stains. We wanted to see if new improved Clorox 2 really gets clothes cleaner. How'd we do, Mrs. Baruby? What a difference. Look, the stains came right out. Even Kathy's. And regular use keeps all our clothes cleaner and brighter. Nice improvement, Clorox 2. Smile. New Clorox 2. Got my family's clothes cleaner and brighter than ever. Let's get the ball rolling here right here at the top, as we always do, talking about media that we have been checking out. Could be, of course, comics or music or TV or film or whatever it is. And George, let's get uh, going with you. What have you been checking out? Yeah. So I finally got to watch the Blacklist season eight finale. Oh, before I watched it, I was under the impression that there was a strong chance that this might be the final season of the Blacklist because they had talked okay. about that right. before. Turned out it did get renewed in January. I just missed oh. the announcement. OK, so so it's the season finale, not the it's the season finale. Got not it. the series finale. Mm, okay. We do need, for Marcus's sake, we need to say that this is a spoiler <laughs> segment, this little discussion here, because I'm going to talk a little bit about what irked me so much about the episode, and it's definitely a huge part of the series and the particular story of that episode. Mm, okay. Okay. Now, before we jump into it, uh, if anyone's like me, I've actually never seen an episode of The Blacklist. I know Fair it's enough. very, very yeah. popular, mm-hmm. and uh, I know it's about espionage or something, but it, you have like a high-level pitch about what it is, so we know what yeah. we're talking about. Uh, so James Spader is an arch criminal number one on the FBI most wanted list turns himself in to the FBI in order to form a relationship with the FBI to help catch other criminals. Okay. At the same time, he is working with them and a particular agent who he has named, who throughout the series, you go back and forth as to whether or not she's his daughter or she's very special to him because somebody asked him to watch oh. over her. Oh, that's not clear. I always thought that was she was the daughter, but I guess, okay, I didn't know that. It goes back and forth. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. So much intrigue questions mm-hmm. to be answered. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks. All right. So I don't know how we want to do the spoilers part, but there you go. <laughs> Entering spoiler territory. Beware. If you would like to skip any spoilers for Blacklist season eight's finale, fast forward this episode about four and a half minutes. So in this episode, Mo, to your point, you thought she was always the daughter. Yeah. That's gone back and forth, like I said, as to whether she was the daughter or she was his friend's daughter, you know, all these different scenarios that every season it's been a new thing. Hmm. And it's been kind of the central focus of her story arc has been who is she to him? Why won't he tell her the truth? What are the real answers? That's been really paramount to her character and his character in their relationship. Mm. Everything pointed to the fact that he was going to finally reveal the whole truth to her in this season. It was kind of building up to that? It was building up the whole time. There was a storyline throughout the season that he was sick and dying. Uh, She had the thing where she did a whole bunch of illegal stuff and broke away from the FBI because he, at the end of last season, murdered the woman she thought was her mother. Mm. And so she hated him and was trying to kill him now. And there was all this stuff back and forth, right? What we got to in this last episode, they had finally sort of reconciled He tells her in this episode, I'm going to be dying soon. The only way that this works, because you can no longer go back to the FBI because of all the bad things you've done this past year, you now have to kill me. Okay. So James Spader's character tells her, you have to kill me and take over my empire. And if you kill me publicly, then everybody will be terrified of you like they've been terrified of me over the last 30 years. Mm -hmm. And you will legitimately be safe and so will your dog. Okay. And I have this letter that was written by your mother, your real mother. And when you kill me, Dembe, my assistant, he'll give you the letter. Okay. I mean, sounds like a big climax coming up, right? Right. Big climax. (laughs) I didn't know anything about season nine. I'm like, yes, we're finally going to get there. All right. Here come the real spoilers. Last scene, they got the whole thing set up. He's walking out on the sidewalk. She's supposed to be waiting for him to kill him. She walks up to him, points the gun. I can't pull the trigger. I can't pull the trigger. Then all of a sudden, bam, somebody shoots her in the fucking back. (laughs) <laughs> kills 
kills her almost instantly. She's dead? She's fucking dead. What? Oh, shoots her right in the heart. Unbelievable. Oh my God. Oh, and they're doing another season. They start like he's holding her face in his hands and it looks like maybe he's whispering to her, but we never get to fucking hear it as the audience. And she dies. His assistant Dimbe runs him off into the sunset. The FBI come running up to try and see what's going on. She's dead. All her friends are around her standing there. Fucking credits. <laughs> fucking eight years I've wasted on this goddamn series and I still don't know the goddamn truth. Well, at least there's another season. Uh, so he will. There'll be season nine. Of course, James Spader. So now what? Well, so I mean, yeah. obviously her daughter is still alive. His granddaughter, possibly if he's okay. her parent. If that's okay. what's going on. There were a lot of things that were hinted throughout this episode. I'm making a prediction right now. At some point, I don't know when it'll be, but I believe at some point we'll find out he is truly her mother who has been altered through all the what? surgeries and transgender stuff <laughs> to hide his true identity. That's what? what's going to happen. Wow. I'm telling you, I've watched <laughs> wow. this series from day one. There were a lot of things hinting toward that in the last two episodes. This man is really her mother. He wrote that letter that he was going to hand to her. I'm telling Whoa, you, James Spader bad. is a woman. So at least you still don't know what's in the letter, right? That's still coming. No Whatever idea. he wrote. Yep. That, that part's coming. Huh. shell so, shock. <laughs> I guess okay. we'll see in the fall. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I, I don't know what to say about that. Wow. <laughs> I feel kind of glad I I stopped watching after the second season. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it's great television. It's a really good series. It's very consistent in its ratings. Oh, it is. It's a great show. They have great storylines, great actors. People have moved in and out of the show, so it's not the same characters every single mm -hmm. time. But it's mm -hmm. a heavier show. I mean, it's like when you have to pay attention to. It's a heavier show. And James Spader is brilliant. Oh, yeah, he is. Don't get me wrong. I mean, anytime James Spader is doing something, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Huh. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's what I watched. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, all right. I guess we'll, right, we're, we'll see We're next marking season. your prediction. We'll see how it goes next season. All right. All I, right. I can't wait to find out if you're right. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Well, let's move on then after now we pass the spoilers part. Mo, what have you yeah. been watching? <laughs> well, I want to see the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. I think I have that Yay! right. Yeah. Is that right? right? I have that right? Okay. Mm -hmm. You do. That's right. Yep. Um. Wow. It, it was really not good. You didn't like it? I. I it was okay. Um, okay. But, it, but the thing was, it was like, it just seemed like it was too much of everything. Hmm. Everything was turned up to 11. Yeah. No, this is the the action comedy. It's right. uh, just Sam Jackson, Sam Jackson Selma Hayek, yeah, yeah, Morgan Freeman. John right. thought was an original, didn't think it was a sequel. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know it was a sequel. <laughs> sequel. That's true. I had no idea. I'd never seen the first one. I saw, I saw the first one. I liked the first one. The, mm -hmm. I thought the dynamic between Samuel Jackson and Ryan Reynolds was funny. You know, and the whole thing, like his whole very like scammy thing at the end, all that stuff, you know. But this one, though, it was like everything I thought was just too much. Like everything and everybody was just too much of everything. And the stories just got more and more ridiculous. <laughs> and, but I mean, there were plenty of like extremely funny moments or extremely yep, good action. I, I laughed. But as a movie, as a whole, I'm like, would I watch this again? I don't know if I will. I don't think I ever will. Hmm. Like maybe the whole didn't equal the sum of the parts. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think so. Like if I saw it just as clips, I'd probably have been happier because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the plot just went off with these crazy tangents and all of a sudden this person is like, was related to her and there's amnesia involved. And I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> well, you said if you'd seen clips, I mean, when I saw the trailer, I yeah. think I said, I laughed out loud three or four times mm -hmm. in the trailer. I couldn't wait to see it, even though I didn't know it was a sequel, as you said, right? I don't, <laughs> had no idea. I don't, I mean, so what do you think? John, what was your opinion? Well, we were sitting a couple seats apart from each other, yeah. and I had a good time, but like yeah. you said, it was bombastic. Every explosion was bigger than the last explosion. It was almost a parody of an action comedy. Yeah, kind of, but not quite, though. The thing that sealed it was there was a boat race where a boat went out of control, and of course, it went up on a barge that was full of explosive barrels. Oh, yeah. It just happened to be full of explosive barrels. first-person <laughs> shooter, right? Of course it is. And of course, there's a mushroom cloud of an explosion that had to happen. Like, it it, I didn't feel a heart to it. Like it was yeah. funny and it was interesting and it was huge, but I, I probably like you, I will never go back and watch it again, probably, yeah. but I had a good time. And George, you saw it. And I think you had said, we're talking on discord that you really did enjoy it, right? I, yeah, I did. I almost feel ashamed now that I really liked it. Considering <laughs> no. neither of you seem to like it that Don't much. Don't be ashamed of what you like. That's yeah, fine. That's cool, man. I, I agree though. Mo's right. And so are you. It was bombastic. It was over the top. Everything was turned up to 11. And that definitely 
took away from the subtlety that you saw in the first film. Mm. There were moments that you couldn't get in this film with the evil people that were trying to hurt them, right? In the mm-hmm. first film, Gary Oldman played that role beautifully, oh even though he's only on screen for like four minutes. Oh, is that Gary Oldman? Yeah, he's a oh, great villain. Nice. Holy cow. Oh, he's he was awesome in that yeah. role. But I did find a lot of things that I liked, and I think one of the reasons why I enjoyed the film so much, it was one of those rare films that my wife and my youngest son and myself, we all went to go see together. Mm-hmm. I don't because they both were as interested in the sequel as I was. My wife had just watched the first one because we were saying, hey, do you want to go see this movie with us? Michael and I both like it. Oh, okay. She's like, well, I'm not really sure. I'm like, well, I've got the first one on the Plex server. Why don't you check it out? Yeah, mm, check it out. Yeah. So she watched it and she loved it. Just like we uh-huh. did. She loved that first okay. one a lot. Yeah, I really liked the first one. So she's like, yeah, I'm, I want to go see that. So we got our tickets and we even paid the Dolby Theater $20 per ticket for the two of them price. Oh, mm-hmm. wow, yeah. So turned up to 40 instead of 11 with the <laughs> explosions yeah. and all. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? We were in the Dolby Theater, yeah. too, and it was, like, a too loud in many it instances. Was. I'm yeah. like, if I had control, I'd have turned it down about 20%. Yeah, I think crazy. I like two things in particular. Right. I loved Morgan Freeman and his, I'm, you know, the nice dad with a deep voice, you know, kind of thing that we all know him for, and then twisted that. I really enjoyed the twist at the end with Selma Hayek and the papers that the agent gave her. Right. Because no. I didn't see that coming until they revealed it. I sh- probably should have. I mean, but you know, I kind of did see it coming. Yeah, it didn't surprise me that much. And I, unlike you, I didn't care for Morgan Freeman in this role. Yeah, I thought really? he was wasted and unnecessary. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that was that was my feeling. Maybe it was because I was watching it with his human archetype instead of his character. Morgan Freeman is he's kind of a he's a national anything treasure. He does. He's oh, amazing. Absolutely. Oh yeah, uh, anything oh, he's course. in. Yeah, he can read the phone book and I'd watch it. Yep. You don't say. <laughs> this character was great, was a great character in this movie. You say Morgan Freeman was the fucking mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Morgan Freeman. I mean, what are you going to do? Really insensitive to serve gelato at dinner. I just, there's no two ways about <laughs> yeah. it. It's really not, that was not nice. And it then was. there's a story about that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> If I didn't get the second scoop of gelato. So, Mo, so this was your film that you wanted to highlight. So yeah. now that you've seen it, we've talked about it. What, what kind of rating would you think you would give it? I'd probably give it two. Two. Wow. I mean, if yeah. it came on cable, like, or if it was free and someone said, should I see it? I'm like, sure. You know, watch it. Absolutely. Go watch it. Because it's had a lot of yeah. really funny moments. And there's a lot of talent on that screen. Yeah. And plus, Sama Hayek is like phenomenally beautiful. So <laughs> just mm, watching yeah. her and this was like, okay, mm-hmm. by itself. And she holds her own with all these oh, other yeah, great absolutely. actors. She's absolutely. wonderful. Definitely, actress. Yeah. Her presence, like she was not outshone at all. Nope. But yeah, I would give it two. Just as, like I said, it had some things I thought was make it entertaining. But again, I would not. I probably would never go back and watch it again. Okay. Whereas the first all one right. I did go back and watch. Well, maybe I will go back and watch the first one finally. Maybe that'll help me. So yeah, there okay. you go. <laughs> So how about you, John? What have you been watching? Uh, I picked up on a new series that's on AMC Plus right now. And I think I found it by browsing in Entertainment Weekly, like something popped up. And it wasn't so much the story that grabbed me, though the story is interesting. It was what I read about the production and how they're kind of turning paradigms on their ear. So the the name of the series is Kevin Can Fuck Himself. That's the name of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's often referred to as Kevin can F himself, but it's very clearly laid out yeah. in the opening title card. Uh, the premise, uh, before I get into kind of what the conceit is, the premise is it's kind of this typical sitcom family. You have the buffoonish dad and his next door neighbor. He's a man child. And and then there's the wife who's put upon. And it's very much like- Archie Bunker, kind of on the family. Everybody loves Raymond. It's very much like Kevin can wait. Those kind of sitcom mm-hmm. shows. And it stars Annie Murphy, who's great. Yeah. She was oh, um, yeah. Alexis Rose in Schitt's Creek. She was mm-hmm. the daughter. I didn't recognize her, actually. <laughs> and she, she has she comes in and out of a New Jersey accent pretty sloppily quite a bit in the series, but I don't hold that against her. But yeah, the conceit with the show is that it's kind of two shows at the same time. It is a three camera sitcom, like think Seinfeld, think uh, Big Bang Theory, something like that. Well lit, uh, laugh track, studio audience, all that kind of stuff, people doing silly stuff. And that's what the show looks like anytime her husband, Kevin, is in the scene. But when he's not in the scene and she is on her own, this is a dark AMC style dramatic film that is single camera and it's well edited and put together and it's showing this juxtaposition. It's this sitcom wife 
who is put upon and has this life of her own. And you're seeing those two sides of her, like when she's at home with the family, everybody's cutting up and she's like, oh, Kevin, you're crazy. And then he walks out of the room and everything gets darker and it's grittier and it's on film instead of tape. And she's having this problems with him. And why is he such a man child? And she's contemplating getting rid of him or getting divorced or something that you would never see in a sitcom. Mm -hmm. It's weird to see, but interesting to watch. Yeah. Since you recommended it, you mentioned it. It's like, hey, here's a show. And I'm like, I had no idea what you said. You said, so I started watching the first episode. And Mm -hmm. first I'm watching it, it starts off as a sitcom. It does. A very silly, stupid sitcom. I mean, it really is. Yeah. And I'm watching this. I'm like, what the hell? Is this John like this show? Like, I was trying to figure out, like, what the heck's going on with this? And all of a sudden, it switches to her. Um, I think it's when she breaks the glass. Like she's, yeah, in, the she's in the kitchen by herself. She's in the right. kitchen by mm-hmm. herself. And it gets, it's only, like you said, it gets dark. And I'm like, whoa, there's no more laugh track. It's not brightly lit. Like you said, it's grainy and it's dark. And she's sitting there. And you could, And you could, that's her as an actress. You could see just, she's just like ready to explode, you know, like mm-hmm. internally. And also, and she's holding this beer glass. And all of a sudden, the glass just breaks in her hand. And she looks down and she sees that her hand's bleeding. And she just sort of says like to nobody, I'm okay. Because nobody right. cares. Because nobody cares nobody's asking yeah <laughs> and i saw that and also i was like whoa then i was trapped at that point i could not keep my eyes because even the stupid sitcom parts i knew that was leading to some you know like that was there's a reason mm-hmm. for it it's not just sort of random hilarity you know this is right. a purpose every goofy it. thing that happens to the sitcom actually builds more tension right for when she's in the dramatic portion of the show and and the way i was looking at her husband at first i'm like oh what a buffoon now i'm like this dude is like uh-oh <laughs> yeah he's in trouble <laughs> he's in trouble <laughs> have you seen or heard of this at all george i mean i've heard of it i've seen trailers yeah. when i've been watching stuff on amazon prime yeah so it's on my radar it was something i was planning on taking a stab at but now i'll definitely yeah, have it on the list oof. It's nothing like I've ever seen yeah. before. And I won't say it's my favorite new show. I'm not dying to binge the very next episode. I, there are three out. I think I've gotten through two. I'm interested to see the next one. It's not going to drag you through it like a Breaking Bad or anything. Well, it might eventually. Maybe, I don't yeah. know. Because <laughs> I can tell you, shit's going down by the middle of the second episode. Things are happening. It's like this interesting, you never really think about, yeah, these goofy things that happen. And this spouse is dealing with all this stuff, of literally a kid in a grown man's body acting like a dumbass. Right. But she has a life outside of that and she is so miserable and you never think about that. And what a way to show that by actually literally showing two shows side by side and how they happen interchangeably. It's, mm-hmm. it's an interesting way to watch a series. I'm intrigued to see what they do with it. Yeah. It could it could get really good, I think. Yeah. You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. He's Stevie Cotham, Kentucky Derby winner. She's Annie Smith, tennis star. We're here for Trident Sugarless Gum. We chew Trident because it doesn't promote tooth decay. Annie, I chew Trident because it comes in five delicious flavors. Stevie, four to five dentists surveyed recommend sugarless gum for their patients who chew gum. Well, I recommend spearmint, cinnamon, Your teeth are what's important. Your taste. Your teeth. Women. Boys. Trident gum. Flavor for your taste. Without sugar for your teeth. So I'm going to start. The reason why I don't have something for Tekken Toys is because you guys <laughs> took mine. <laughs> we took yours? Yeah, because I was going to do Amazon Day stuff, and I saw that you already did it. So it's my own damn fault, I know, for being late to the game and putting my thing on the list last. So <laughs> I will say I don't have anything. But, okay. George, let's kick off with you since you stole mine. But you kind of Okay. <laughs> that's, that's a great lead, and I appreciate that intro, buddy. Sure. <laughs> Very generous of him. Uh, first of all, it was my looking forward to the last time was the only reason why I put it on the list. That's true. And second of all, fuck Amazon. Oh, no. No. Again? Like, again, again? Yeah. 
I'm tired of this bullshit. So I was very much looking forward to the Amazon Prime Day. Yeah. You guys remember I was looking forward to getting a television for my kids for Mm -hmm. their new house. I couldn't find any decent deals that I could afford for them. And I Mm -hmm. mean that in the way that there were decent deals, but they were like, this is a $4,000 TV that we've knocked $1,500 off on. That's a great deal. But I'm not spending $3,500 or $2,500 or whatever on a TV for them. Right. Uh Fuck them too. So... Um, I mean, there's limits. <laughs> I was looking for something like in the under a thousand dollar range. Sure. The only thing they really had that had like Fire TV OS on it, which I wanted for them, that was a decently newer TV. Like, because Amazon is rife with here's the 2018 model and it's 2021 kind of bullshit. Right. Uh, you have to dig through all the details to figure that out, of course. They only had this brand of TVs, Insignia. I've yeah, seen I the them. brand name a few times. I don't own any of their equipment, but the reviews mm-hmm. on them were terrible. They were like, I've had this TV for a year and the LCD went out or blah, blah, blah. kind of mid-range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, whatever. I'm not put, sticking them with that. Um, they weren't giant ones. They were like 55-inch ones for like $400 or something like that. That's a decent-sized TV, though. Yeah, it's a decent-sized TV, and it could have been a great TV. I just – it wasn't what I wanted out of Amazon Prime Day. And they, they intentionally pump all the ads you know, the big electronic devices, the computers, the TVs, mm-hmm. the expensive things. What I found that I ended up buying were five things, none of them above $25. <laughs> I usually find that Prime Day is a great time to get the electronic gear because it's the big slash discount, but only if it's what you really wanted. Otherwise, you're spending money you wouldn't spend anyway, right? right? Well, and that's <laughs> what ended up happening. So I picked up another set of Bluetooth wireless earbuds. The only reason I picked these up is because they have a waterproof rating. And I was like, okay, that's good. You know, mm-hmm. if I... I'm in the shower and my little shower speaker's not working. I could use these. Or if I'm out in the rain, I don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. I picked up a little dental water flosser water pick device because mm-hmm. I didn't want one right. of those. I haven't had one since I had braces when I was a kid. I picked up one of the Fire TV Sticks 4K streaming devices to replace one of the older models that we had. The all-new Echo Dot 4th Gen, the little round ball ones. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. One of yeah. those. A little softball, like black softball thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the new one? Yeah, it looked nice. And then just some um, some USB Type-C cables. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I bought all this stuff on Tuesday, the 22nd. This stuff won't get to me until Monday, the 28th. This is unbelievable. We've had an opposite experience with Prime Day. Yeah. Wow. Holy, Holy moly. I'm so tired of this shit. What the fuck? You're going to say Amazon Prime, come buy our stuff on this day, all these great discounts. And then you're going to take a week to fucking ship to me when I pay you. I'm like, I don't. That's crazy. It pisses me off paying for Prime and having week long delivery times. Mm. I got something I ordered that same day. I ordered from Woot. They had some cool T-shirts for Invincible on the Woot Uh off. I got those today. Today's Friday, Mm. by the way, when we're recording this. So I ordered a couple things that day. I got a pressure washer (laughs) because I need to pressure wash my my one. I don't know how it broke. My nephew have no idea. So I need one of those. And that was like discount like a hundred bucks. I was like, oh, that's a good deal. I know the brand. Mm -hmm. I got some of those USB plugs that you talked about in a couple shows ago. Sure. The GoSuns. They had like a four pack of those I bought. Nice. I got all that stuff yesterday. (laughs) Fuck. <laughs> a similar thing. I ordered one thing on the 21st. It was a two day event, right? Mm-hmm. I ordered something on the 21st. It arrived on the 22nd. I ordered uh, something on the 22nd and it arrived before the end of the week. I think I ordered three or four things and one is still on the way, but it, it's got to have to do with the town you live in and what they have for distribution there. That's, that's must. crazy to wait that long. I mean, especially I, for little I would things. get that except for the fact mm-hmm. that you two live just a couple hours away from me and there's an Amazon warehouse distribution center where you live. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yep. I could drive to that fucking warehouse and get pick yourself up my <laughs> items and drive back faster than they're shipping them to me. Yeah. So what the hell am I paying them for for Amazon Prime? It ain't doing shit for me. Just have them shipped to Mo's house. That's yeah, fine. Just, we'll pick them up. <laughs> right? Especially for the like the Amazon dot thing. I mean, you think that should be like ready to go, right? It's got to be in every warehouse yeah. they have, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They should have three pallets of that waiting to go out. Right. right. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Just another thing that pisses me. The only reason I'm keeping Amazon Prime at this point is because of the Prime video. And that's getting really thin. Yeah, like, you know, true. I know Kevin can fuck himself, but Amazon can go fuck <laughs> themselves too. <laughs> oh my. all right that's mounting problems with you and amazon i'm sorry yeah mm. me too mm-hmm. how about you john what do you got 
Well, I, I don't want to rain on anybody's parade. Oh, so I'm not going to talk about my Amazon things, toys that I got. So <laughs> but, <laughs> what I really want to talk about is the announcement that came out just the other day. When Windows 10 came out in 2015, they had said, this is the last version of Windows. It's going to be software as a service. They're to keep updating it. But just the other day, they had this huge press announcement and they announced Windows 11. Huh. And, you know, all of us work in some form or fashion yeah. of IT or work with computers a lot. And so I want to talk a little bit about here on the show what they announced and what our thoughts about it are. First of all, Windows 11, the fact that it exists surprised me and it felt like a, wait a minute, you said that I didn't have to buy mm-hmm. any more Windows. So what are you doing? I, I Initially, I didn't understand why they were doing it at all. At least they're saying that if you have 10, 11 is going to be a free upgrade. So at least it's not more money. Okay. Uh, there's some underlying stuff going on. But did you guys watch the press announcement first? Are you mm-hmm. aware of any of the new features that are coming to Windows 11? No, I'm, I know nothing about this. No, I mean, I've had people at work all our server admins went to watch it and everything, but I didn't have a chance to. Okay. All right. Well, so there's a few key things that are interesting to talk about that I want to throw up in here and get your reaction to them. So first, there's a new UI design. It's much more rounded. Everything is that kind of a smoked glass that that you've seen in a lot of Windows stuff lately. Rounded corners, a new set of icons. That's fine. No big deal. They could have done that Windows 10. Why do an upgrade for that? Yeah, that's that's more of a skin, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're right. They moved the start button to the center of the screen instead of the left side of the screen just because they say it's for touch because like if you have a tablet, right, like the home button is in the dead center of the screen. So I think that's the thinking there. Oh, the thing about. Okay, uh, mobile devices. I, yeah, because there's a shit ton of Windows 10 tablet users out there, right? Yeah, I true. know, I know. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second. I think they're trying to horn in on the whole tablet universe. But so there's the design. That's fine. You can actually shift the start button back to the left if you want. They said they would do that. Because remember what happened the last time they screwed with the start menu yeah, and people Windows that, 8? People, and, nuts. people are still mad about that. <laughs> yeah. They added some faster use. Now, they always say faster, more optimized, but that's true. They're, they're, it's all about speed for them. There's from how you log in to how it addresses memory to the fact that it gives the graphics cards direct access to storage so you don't have loading time so much for gaming and that's Mm. cool. Okay. They added some organization that helps if you have a tablet that docks, like if you plug it in. uh, First of all, you can organize windows in a way, like you know the the minimize maximize button. There's the minimize, there's the maximize, and then the close button on every window. Mm -hmm. Right Now I think if you right click or long click on that maximize button, it opens up a layout menu that lets you say, I want to line these up in quadrants or I want to do a split screen or however helps you organize windows like you do multitasking on a phone or a tablet how you snap things around okay okay and if you unplug from a docked monitor it'll remember those grouped things when you plug back in so you don't have that oh, your, your icon shifting all over the place windows scramble them so yeah, yeah right now windows scramble them they call them snap layouts it's a way to organize stuff Two more little things that I really want to focus on. So Windows widgets are new. Now that kind of did they used to have that and they came back and, yeah, and recently there was it. an up there was an update recently where they put like the temperature and a little mm-hmm. uh, like news feed in the lower right of your screen. It feels like an extension of that, which again makes me wonder why Windows 11 in the first place when yeah. you're kind of doing a lot of these things in 10. The big things that jumped out at me first, they really hammered on the conference about how they're embedding Teams directly into Windows, like to be the successor to Skype. They want everybody to use this like iMessage on every app, every application. Your okay. contacts are right there on the start bar. Teams is the new talk to everybody anywhere. Mm-hmm. So they're really trying to hammer home that they want this to be the center of your digital life. Because right now, if you want to quickly check your mail or check the you know movie times, you go to your phone. Right. They want Windows to be that much easier. So much to the fact that they are now al- allowing you to natively run Android apps right inside of Windows. Whoa. Mm. Huh. I found that very telling. That's interesting. First of all, it's not every single app. They're doing it through the Android app store, which is how I think the, the Kindle fires, the, how they get their, their apps. It's yeah. not the wide open app store. But they show how you can load an Android, load TikTok or load, you know, some game or whatever. And it's like any other window. You can move it, scale it, snap it, all those hmm. things. Well, I know the the Kindle App Store, it's it's its own app store. Mm-hmm. It's it's a pared down version of the Google App Store. If right. you want a Google app, you can put it on a Kindle. You just have to sideload it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I don't think even allow sideloading. We're going to see if that happens. But I feel like they're really, from how the UI now looks more Mac-ish yeah. to how they're talking about Teams as a iMessage 
message kind of, you know, ubiquitous replacement for that to running apps on it. I think they're really trying to take a shot at Apple and say, yeah, they had this ecosystem. We have a broader ecosystem. And I feel like maybe that's why they're rolling this out as a brand new numbered version. Interesting. Hmm. Did they say when? I th- they said like end of 2021 and they're supporting 10 until 2025. So okay. it's not it's not like a light switch. Right. I, huh. I know that I saw a early bird, like he had gotten a copy on Linus Tech Tips for the yes. Windows and he had mm-hmm. looked at it a little bit. Yeah, I saw that. Obviously, it wasn't the finished product yet. So I'm assuming the demo did have a moderately finished product to show. But I don't mind them taking a shot at Apple because I'm not an Apple guy, so it doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. You notice that they're definitely not going to take a sh- shot at Google. No, no, no. They can't no. compete with that, right? I mean, they are hand in big. hand with Google, right? They're yeah. bed together as so, much as possible. I wonder. I don't know. You said it was telling to you, John. I'm curious to know what you meant, but I, I think for me, this shows that they know they're not the dominant force that they used to be. I mean, Linux mm. is becoming super popular and very yep. well put together with all of its different flavors, and 90% of them are fucking free. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've considered yeah. moving to a Linux box myself multiple times over the last year and a half, mm-hmm. just because Windows just gets so frustrating with the things I can't do. Mm. Interesting. No, I don't think you're wrong there. I think they know that in some places they're playing catch up. I think Windows 10 is a well-respected OS. I don't know if it's quite as respected as Windows 7 was, but it certainly leagues better than Windows oh, yeah, 8 ever was mm-hmm. or yeah, yeah. had no adoption or anything. And I guess there's also that fresh coat of paint feeling you get with a brand new Windows 11. It's brand new. Mm-hmm. There's a reason to go and look. There's a reason to go and try it out again. And I'm excited for it, actually. I, I was first frustrated. Like, why are you doing this? You said you weren't going to do it anymore. <laughs> right. I'm sure they also took some cues from what happened during the pandemic. And they spoke to this, actually, in the, oh. in the press conference, the fact that, well, hey, we learned how important it is to do FaceTime. Why wasn't I always doing this with my family and friends when we couldn't get together? Now we're moving that front center in the OS because that's not going away. So it's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. And uh, it's not far away. I think it's right around the corner. I'm eager to see what this does to the power dynamic with Linux and iOS and all those. Yeah. One thing I'll definitely say is that since the pandemic happened, Microsoft Teams has improved a lot. Like from day one to now. I mean, they were updates coming out constantly because they realized that like, uh oh, we screw this up. We'll lose people forever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now they're basically seems like they're embedding it now as part of the operating system. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with this. Yeah. yeah I'm, I I think I'm looking forward to it. John, you mentioned that they called Windows 10 software as a service. I don't think they understood what as a service meant. <laughs> <laughs> they, they use it as a buzzword, really. It wasn't, was but it? But my point is that there's nothing wrong with having a new version as part of software as a service. We have mm-hmm. services at our data center, and every time we upgrade one of them, it's still that thing as a service. They still pay their same monthly fee or year fee that they were paying, it might have a new variant number like 11 or 12 or Mm. five or whatever. For sure. There's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. I think when I read their original announcement for Windows 10, I don't think they were trying to explicitly say this is the last one you'll ever buy and it'll always be called Windows 10. But I think they didn't answer that question well enough with those original announcements those years ago. They should have said this is the last Windows you'll have to buy. There'll be a new one, but it's going to be part of the software as a service platform. I think that's where it bit them. Yeah, that's how it's playing out. It probably means that 11's not the last one either. When they're ready for a paradigm shift, Mm -hmm. actually they're making some changes under the hood that require certain features in their BIOS to be turned on and off. And so throwing this switch to the first digit revision means they can make those changes and not anger people because we said 10 would work. We never said 11 would work. So it gives them a kind of a clean start. And I get that, you know, working in software, you got to somewhere stop supporting the old stuff to actually start building on the new platforms. So fair enough. Interesting stuff. So I'll give you some links, Mo, to put down in the show notes. Okay. I mean, it's easy. If you search for Windows 11 on Google, you'll find more links than we'll ever give you. But everybody's <laughs> talking about it right now, and it's coming up pretty shortly. So I thought it was interesting stuff. So yeah, cool. Thanks. Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend, and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There's uh, 
Well, I don't know. I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today, wherever you get your podcasts. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. Attention, Track 2 users. Attention, Aptra users. Get ready for really clean shaving. Introducing Ultrax from Schick Super 2, the only twin blades with one push cleaning. Watch. One push pushes out soap and stubble for a clean start on really close shaves. Look. Ultrax slides on Track 2 razors, clicks on Aptra razors. Get new Ultrax with one push cleaning. Only Schick Super 2 Ultrax has one push cleaning. This is the main event of the podcast for the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! Three rounds in the GXG Gaming Division. And we got to move quickly through this because we're running really short on time. So we're in the last rounds of this fight. I'm going to jump right into it. Mo. What are you playing currently? I uh, got a game that's been in my list for a while. It's uh, It was on sale, so I bought it. It's a Steam game called Night of the Dead. Okay, and- next up is... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you weren't kidding. I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> and it's another one of these open world zombie things. You know, your survivor, zombie apocalypse. The thing that got me is that it totally sells it as the wrong kind of game. You think it's like mm. a survival zombie open world thing. Right. Yeah, when I say Night of the Dead, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's really a survival turret building sort of game like the uh tower defense tower defense kind of game ah mm-hmm. okay okay so plants versus zombies maybe yeah where you sit there you basically you go out there you get supplies and you start building your things where you live and every night zombies mm-hmm. attack you and but you can build ah. like, all these traps and stuff and that's the fun part quite honestly <laughs> you know that's very tower defensey yeah yeah, it's so, right. yeah and you could build walls so you funnel them into certain areas then you have the big yep. buzz on there that chops them up which is fun and you have the big thing that drops like a guillotine on them which is fun or the flamethrower which is really fun <laughs> uh, <laughs> flamethrowers are always fun of course and then when daylight comes you go back and you fix everything and you spend some time gathering resources and building bigger there is like an underlying story there that almost seems kind of like after the fact hmm. but there is a story that there's a group of people trying to get off this island that you're on and you know you can kind of pursue it and get off the island i guess the ultimate goal is to get off the island but (laughs) it really is a tower defense and if they sold it like that i probably would have enjoyed it more up front because i was confused about what i was supposed to do (laughs) when i first started playing it did you feel bait and switched did you feel like you bought one thing and got something you didn't want no i i mean kind of sort of i mean it's still a i would say it's a fun game because you know like i said you get to send Zombies do a buzzsaw and stuff. I mean, come on. How is that not fun? But I was looking for more of a story-driven game because that's the way it kind of sounded to me. And the story almost seems like it says superfluous to it. Just bolted on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What did you pay for it? Do you recall? Um, It was on sale. It was on sale. So uh, it was normally like 25. It was on sale for half. You know, so it was like 12. And I had a coupon. So I got for like less than 10 bucks. So that's why I felt (laughs) like, yeah, okay. Still sounds like a lot. (laughs) For a PC game, you know, it was like 950 or something like that. I wound up paying for it. Yeah. You were caught up in the Steam sale. Yeah. Badly, yeah, badly. Whirlwind. It's so easy to buy stuff. Right I know. Now. Yeah. I bought so many things. I don't know why. All right. Night <laughs> of the Dead. Night, Night of the Dead. Dead. All right. All right. Well, since we're moving quickly, I'm going to jump into mine. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm playing an old game that I played back on the Xbox 360 back when it first Ooh. came out. And I bought the... I was waiting for this game for a year back then. And so when it came out, I pre-ordered that giant collector's edition kind of stuff that they did. Then. Oh, you really like this game. Okay. Yeah. This is Alan Wake. Uh, oh, to course. this day, it's of still course. one of my favorite games because oh, that was it a great is game. pure story-driven mm-hmm. gaming fun mm-hmm. for me. I recently realized that I had it in my Steam library from some humble bundle or something at some point. <laughs> you got everything in your Steam library. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. So I decided to install it, run some test stuff on our Discord server because I wanted to kind of uh, see if uh, some changes I'd made to my Alienware laptop would help with that. It didn't, but it got me back into playing Alan Wake again. So there's always a benefit to that kind of thing. And, that's a happy mm-hmm. side effect. Yeah, there's nothing really, wrong with more Alan Wake. That's, that's yeah. good. That's, that's definitely worse fates. <laughs> yeah, so. So 
I mean, those of you out there, Alan Wake's nothing new to you, but if you haven't ever heard of it before, it's essentially you're a writer who goes to this town. There's this car crash that happens and you end up in this weird dreamlike kind of state Hmm. where you're running around trying to figure (laughs) out what's happening and your tool in order to defeat your enemies is light right so you like have a flashlight and you shine it on your enemies and it burns off this evil darkness and once that shield of darkness is gone then you can actually kill them and move forward Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's a really nice narrative plot device i think and the voice acting in this game is outstanding the writing is really well done it was one of the first games that i ever played that was done in an episodic format there are like Hmm. i think it's six episodes it's been so long since i played i can't remember but you would play one episode and it would be like next time on Alan Wake. And that was the first oh, time that's I'd right. seen I'd that. forgotten yeah. that. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So cool. a really solid game. I like it. It's out there to be purchased on steam and other places. I have no idea how much it costs, but <laughs> it's probably worth it. Do you find replaying it now, these many years later, does it still have that same like white knuckle adrenaline pumping <laughs> thing? I always remember it being just like the, yeah. just a skinnier teeth making it to the next light. It, it does feel that way for me, mainly because I'm old and I've forgotten pretty much everything about the game <laughs> except yeah. for the new. basic premise. <laughs> so yeah, it is. It's new. Like I'm seeing things now in the game that I don't remember from back then. I don't remember if I saw them. There's one point when uh, I was first starting out when you're, you know, the whole little introductory, here's how you move, here's how you do this kind of stuff at the opening scenes. Mm-hmm. He comes up upon this billboard kind of thing, and there's a goddamn QR code on the billboard. Oh, really? Oh, I vaguely remember that. I tried for 20 minutes with my phone trying to scan that QR code, because <laughs> I'm sure there's something, something there, but I couldn't get it to scan. So I'm like, well, damn it. But there's stuff like that that keeps me having fun and being interested in the game. Yeah, that's funny because uh, I still remember this game because back in the day, John, I remember we just started working together not that long. And then you said, oh, yeah, I watched you see this new game. Right. And of course, you had the big, massive TV and the big man cave. So we had to go see it at your place. And I remember that sitting there. I'm like, <laughs> watching somebody else play was getting me stressed out. I mean, yeah. that's how yeah. good it was as a story. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, I was watching George play and getting stressed out. I know. <laughs> You're right. I mean, and that was like one of the first games I remember really feeling like it sucked me in like i was part of that story it's cinematic it really is it still holds up george you're gonna keep playing it you think is it as old as it is i think it still holds up quite a bit because apparently my damn alienware still has problems with playing it at 60 frames per second i'm like (laughs) son of a bitch how old and crappy is my equipment that it can't handle alan wake but it's a fun game it's beautifully done i think this might be a remastered version Mm. you know how they do that every now and then like the one you were talking about last time mo I enjoy it. Since I've forgotten most of it, it'll be fun to play again. So I'm thinking about going back to it now. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about it when I saw you playing it. Yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> All right. We got one more round to go in the game segment. John, you're last up. I'm bringing up the rear. No problem. Yeah. So the, the Steam sale is going on right now. The same thing. And so I had games that were on my wish list and they keep notifying you, hey, this is on sale now. Yeah. And so I picked up a game I had had an eye on for a while. This came out in 2020. It's made by a developer called Skybox Labs mm. and it's called Stella. It's Stella with one L, S-T-E-L-A. Mm. So this game is... Limbo, 19% Tomb Raider, and 1% crazy bullshit. Hmm. Okay. (laughs) Does that add up? I'm trying to do the math here. (laughs) I hope so. If not, it's 120% then maybe. Who knows? But so it's very much Limbo. You start in, it's if you like walking left or right, you're going to love this game, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a big open kind of world. It's very brown and kind of flat. And you're this young lady who like gets teleported into this kind of pillar and you stand up and start you don't know what's going on there's no explanation You're like inside also same kind of thing you just start walking right which just sort of drops you into the story mm-hmm. it's not quite pure 2d there's some of that they call two and a half d where yeah things are happening but you can deal with things in the foreground and the background okay or you can step up onto something that's behind uh, so there's a little bit of like depth and things rotate sometimes but it's largely a 2d platformer okay throughout the game you don't know what you're doing though you're just trying to not get killed by you know random long slender man looking monsters with spindly arms or monsters under the snow that are trying to come up and bite you from underneath. And it's puzzle solving. The Tomb Raider part is you end up in these big giant tombs with all these traps that you have to avoid, or there's swarms of beetles that you have to burn so they don't get to you. So it's puzzle solving. It's 
exploring and an adventure. There's mystery. There's a little bit of that Tomb Raider kind of, how did they set this up and what's this switch and throw that switch and drag a box to one place to the other. The things we've all seen. The 1% of crazy bullshit is I finished this game. Wow. It took me about two hours. Short. Wow. I'm not upset that it took me only two hours because I got to see the whole story. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've all talked. uh, You were talking just a a few weeks ago, George, about a game you finally finished because it was actually short enough Mm -hmm. and good enough. And this was, but when you play one of these games, when you get to the end, you would like to feel that like, oh, I get it. You want to pay off, right? Right. And I don't want to dissuade anyone from playing it because it's a gorgeous game, gorgeous soundtrack, interesting puzzles. But the further you get into the game, it gets more confusing. It's no clearer what's going on. And in the end, it's the most batshit crazy stuff happening. You're floating in space, and I have no idea what's happening, but it was interesting to finish. I'll say that, at least. So I've learned one thing now. Okay. I should listen to your entire review before I click purchase on Steam. Oh, shit! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness! The point thing is, I'm on the page also right now, Uh but I have not purchased the purchase button. And it looks beautiful, doesn't it? That video that it has. Oh, it looks gorgeous. I mean, the limbo thing, John is exactly right. That's limbo. I thought it also had a little bit of pedestrian mixed in when it did that moving away from the camera. Sure, some of that as well. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Same idea, the two and a half D. Holy crap. Now I'm like, well, shit, there goes $7 down drain, which, by the way, you got two hours out of it, so it's not going to get you your Corys, but the original price is 20 bucks and it's good till July 8th. So I'm like, okay. And I did it because. I just talked about it on Discord just recently. Somebody mentioned that the sale was going on and mm-hmm. three of my things on my wish list were on sale. Yeah, and right. then there was a couple other things that I was interested in. I'm like, so I spent $110 just the other night on Steam. Now I've just spent another $7. So I'm like, this is this madness has got to stop. This is getting ridiculous. <laughs> it is a fun game. I'm glad you got it. Mo, I think you would enjoy it as well. It's I mean, just it looks great. I, it looks great. It plays great. It's a little muddy. It's very muddy. Monochromatic. It's never bright and colorful. It's always very like if you enjoyed Gears of War, everything's brown and gray. You'll love this game because that's what it is throughout the game. <laughs> now, if you play it, I hope you will tell me if you figure out what the fuck is going on at the end of this game. I would love to know because I couldn't figure it out. But it's a fun game to play. I enjoyed the puzzles. I enjoyed the look. The music again is is fantastic. As many of these indie games are. So it's called Stella. It's for sale now. So if you're listening to this soon enough, maybe you can go and grab it for that discounted price. I don't think I would pay 24 it. I would have been upset with that, but yeah, six bucks, eight bucks, eight not bucks. bad. Yeah. It's a movie. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so that's hey, it. <laughs> a discount movie? Where, where are you yeah. getting a movie for <laughs> Where are you watching $70 movies? $70 now. <laughs> are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly. And our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. It's time to fall in love again with a beautiful new breed of Mustangs from Ford. Mustang two-door with its striking new aerodynamic line. Mustang three-door with dramatic sports car styling and the spirit to take you where you want to go. And Mustang Gear with the proud look and elegance of a thoroughbred. The beautiful new breed of Mustangs for 79. Capture one for yourself and fall in love again at your Ford dealer now. Before we say goodbye, we always like to take just a moment here at the end of the show to talk about what we're looking at or looking forward to between now and the next time we get together. And Mo, I want to check with you first. What sure. do you got your eye on? Well, I'm looking forward to, well, a couple things. One, the Black Widow movie coming out July 7th. Oh, Ooh, that's finally, right. Yep. right. 
mm-hmm. uh, because it, that's been talked about for a year plus, right? So that's mm-hmm. finally coming out. I'm working on some new videos for our YouTube channel that I'm pretty excited about you know, those going out. So I'm working on that. I'm really looking forward to not seeing Fast and Furious 9. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you, buddy. That's a new way to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to just totally skipping that movie. But one that I'm, I'm almost embarrassed that I'm looking forward to, but I actually am after seeing the trailer, is the new Space Jam movie. Oh, Have you yes. seen the trailer Please be for embarrassed. this? Absolutely you should be, be embarrassed. embarrassed. Yes. I know, but I kind of want to see well, it. You're justified. Is it this LeBron James trying to take Michael Jordan's mom? moniker from him again yeah but i still want to see it <laughs> <laughs> what about it makes you want to see it i saw the trailer and went oh i don't know i saw the trailer i just thought it looked fun you know especially with the, the bugs bunny characters the Warner brother characters and all that stuff i just figured it'd be a fun movie to go see so i mean yeah. i guess if you've got a list it's and free there's nothing else in your choices oh, for yeah. that week yeah. right and it's raining and you have nothing to do and no friends <laughs> sure i know i know, I know. <laughs> you finished alan wake <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm not proud of myself, but I can't help it. It's the truth. So that's what I'm looking forward to. How about you, John? (laughs) I am looking forward to finally starting to travel again Mm. for work. I've not traveled since February of 2020. That's when it all stopped. I'm actually having a business trip for the first time in just a couple of weeks. Getting on a plane, all that kind of thing. I hope I remember how to do it. But it was a big part of my life for so many years. I didn't know how much I would miss it until I cold turkey stopped. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing with my Amazon Prime Day stuff, which actually did arrive on time. I'm just getting here promptly. <laughs> and I'm sure I'll talk about some of those gadgets Hope I got. the bear. Holy uh, cow. Well, I didn't know what a bad story George was going to have when I put this on the list. But, <laughs> but now I'm going to poke the bear. Yes, of course, that I'm here. The main thing I'm looking forward to is a film dropping on Amazon Prime on July 2nd, The Tomorrow War. Oh, with yes. Chris Pratt. Yeah. That, that looks, looks really intriguing. Mm-hmm. And I'm calling it right now. I predict that the woman he's fighting with is actually his adult daughter. I saw it in the trailer. That's what I predict is happening. I looked at IMDb. They're very cagey about naming characters. I think that's what's happening. The premise. Okay. Okay. though, is that it's current day. There is a huge kind of like starship trooper sort of war going on with these giant monster bugs in the year 2050 something. Okay. And they time travel back to current day to enlist recruits to help them fight the war. Mm-hmm. So people from current day going into the 2050s to help fight the war to save the planet. Uh-huh. And then they'll bring them back is the idea. It's a time travel kind of thing. It's kind of a starship troopery kind of thing. It's got Chris Pratt, who's always not only is he an action hero now, but he's got so much charisma and he's he's, he's friendly. Funny, and yeah. he's approachably funny. Yeah. So that's Tomorrow War, uh, Amazon Prime, if I didn't say, July 2nd. That's what I got. George, how about you? What's uh, What are you looking at or in the future? Yeah. So um, I'm looking forward again to the Flash season finale. Uh, there was a oh, false start yeah. on that because... I misread, well, no, I didn't misread uh, the sonar calendar application. Every time it doesn't get any new information, apparently, about a series moving forward, like they haven't gotten the new episodes, they just automatically tag whatever that episode is as the season finale, which oh. is bullshit. Oh. They need to fix that. Oh, I see. Really so there's no quick. new data. They assumed that was the end. Oh. Yeah, kind of irritating me. And it was, <laughs> granted, it was difficult to figure that out because I went searching on Google and it's right. hard to figure out what the final episode is because nobody's mm-hmm. really listing those things right now. So I'm looking forward to that again. There's a new season of MasterChef that has begun called MasterChef Legends, where every episode they have a new legendary cook in the place with all the mm-hmm. home cooks, which is kind of fun. Okay. I'm looking forward also to Mo's favorite TV sports <laughs> event, American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Gotta watch a Japanese one. Come on. Easy, boys. Let's not get back into the American Ninja Warrior debate. Oh, I've gotten God. to watch three episodes of this. The key factor this year is they've reduced the age limit again. Now it's 15. And the these hope. 15-year-olds are killing everybody. Of course. Are they? they are the fastest kids on the thing. Because they've been doing these Ninja Warrior things almost since they were like three years old. Because Ninja Warrior is like 13 years old now. Dang. But the main thing I'm looking forward to is one of my favorite Amazon Prime series, Bosch, is going to have its final season. Bosch. Yeah, Harry Bosch. What is Bosch? I've never seen that. So he's the detective. um, I can't remember the writer, but there's a writer who has um, a ton of books that are in this series. Um, It's kind of like Sue Grafton with her 
alphabet murder series or things right, like right, that. Huh? Uh, so Harry Bosch, and it's in its, I think it's seventh or eighth season at this point, something oh, like wow. that. Dang. It's, it's been on for quite a while, but it's a hard-boiled Vietnam vet era detective in modern day Los Angeles. And it's just about him solving murders. And there's always a through line for every season. Hmm. Uh, cool. It's really, really good. Very well put together. Michael Connelly, maybe? It might be Michael Connolly's character. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. And it's wrapping the final season. It's just starting the final season. Just starting the whole season, season to go. All right. Yeah. Well, I've never heard of it. I have to check it out. That's the first time. That sounds interesting. Bosh, mm-hmm. final season. Neat. Cool. All right. That is going to wrap it up for episode 101 of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with another one. But next week, of course, is our Backtrack Edition, where we pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. And uh, you guys cannot stop me. I am doing a backtrack all huh. about my favorite monkey, Donkey Kong. It is the <laughs> 40th anniversary <laughs> with the whole the release. The whole backtrack is all about Donkey Kong. That's huh. right. This will be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Me and George will just sit back and get a beer. And Right. <laughs> do we even have to show up for the next recording? I know. No, you do. Right. John Wax poetic about it. You both had to be here to go, mm-hmm, 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 oh, okay, for about okay. 45 minutes, please. Can't yeah. we just can that and repeat? Step and repeat those? <laughs> I'm, it might hurt my energy if you're not here to do it live. I think, okay, yeah. all right. There's a lot to know, though. I mean, the history of how the game came about, <laughs> okay, all the iterations okay, okay. of it. <laughs> How much it did to support and keep Nintendo the in the game. Right yeah, now. No, really. There's a lot to know about Donkey Kong. And I hope you will tune in for that one. I'll be there. I hope everybody else shows up too. <laughs> <laughs> that is coming your way next week. You don't want to miss that. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know, I appreciate you. Oh, man, always fun. And fourth listener is you. We all appreciate most of all. And we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Or, ooh, punch my microphone. Like, don't, okay. don't punch your microphone. Is that a euphemism? Oh, well, no, it's not. It's the real thing. I don't want to burst my ranch. Also, not a euphemism. Wow. <laughs> oh, spray ranch everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking disgusting. God. We are Washed never sharing a hotel room in a convention, ever. <laughs> not when I got my ranch. Spilled it's, Mountain Dew on the bed. It's old. It's probably rancid. It's ex- I don't even know what the expiration date is on it. Just never open it. I should probably recycle it out every once in a while. You know it's old when the expiration date has rubbed off of the fucking label. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together... We're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.